Welcome back to Agent Investor, inspiring stories of active agents investing in real estate and building passive income. In a business where potential deals are all around you, why not leverage your skills to invest for yourself, your family, and your future? And now, let's jump into the latest episode of Agent Investor. All right, guys, welcome back to the Agent Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Caffarella. I got Jake Thomas joining us all the way from Michigan. Um, like I told Jake, my mom's from Michigan, so holds a near and dear place to my heart. Um, how's everything going today, Jake? That's going great. How are you doing today? I'm always good. Um, so yeah, like you know, we talked about really quickly, um, our audience is real estate agents, some of whom have already invested or looking to kind of take the next step with investing, and a lot of who are just kind of getting started and know that they should be investing, but maybe haven't gotten you know out of the gate yet. So I always like to start you know with with your um, investing story and how you got going and, um, you know, ask you some questions from there. So if you can kind of get us caught up, like, you know, when you, when you got involved in real estate in general, when you started investing and all that good stuff. So it was roughly 10 years ago. Uh, I, I bought a house as soon as I possibly could out of college because I rented through college and I was like, this is stupid. Let's we're paying $1,200 a month. Uh, and the, I know I did the math, the landlord's probably paying $600 a month in mortgage interest taxes. I was like, hey, there's money to be made there. And I didn't know anything about this before that. So I bought a house as soon as possible. I rented out all the rooms except for my own that I had. And I, I held that property for probably five years. And then I met my now wife and girlfriend. She had also bought a house around the same time as me before we met. And she was renting out one of her rooms as well. And then we ended up moving in together. And I kept that property going for four or five years until we finally sold it to buy a duplex. And then around that time was when I got my license as well, because I, I was looking at lots of properties, trying to buy more. And I felt bad for the realtor that was uh, I was dragging around, having them show me 30 plus houses for me to maybe make an offer on one or two. So I was like, I'm going to get my license myself. And, and then, you know, one thing led to another and it turned into a career change about five years down the road. So yeah, I remember those days, like looking at 30, 40 houses, calling up the agent. Oh man, that was, that was brutal. I, I pretty much got my license for the same reason as you, because it's like, it's tough. It can be tough working with investors because obviously it's going to be the right deal. The numbers have got to work and you're not going to like buy a house based on emotion. So um, I love the fact that you, you know, you got your license. I think it took me two years of working with an agent. So that agent, uh, looking back, probably doesn't remember me favorably, but it is what it is. I had to, I had to make money. So that's kind of crazy though. So you weren't even thinking there was no thought in your head. Like I want to become a real estate investor. It was literally just a simple, like, it just makes more sense for me to own it type of thing. Correct. I, I never believed in renting really. So, but I, as soon as I, as soon as I was able to, I, I wanted to, and it worked out. I, I basically have never made a mortgage payment on a property other than my the house that my wife and I live in now, out of my own pocket, it's always been paid for by tenants for ten plus years. So yeah, and 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 um, that you know start of your story is is very similar to a, a lot of people that end up having a lot of success in real estate. Um, and it's one that it's it's tough. It, it's an age I think specific thing where like house hacking and living in the properties that you own. It's a lot easier to do when you're younger. 
And then, you know, as you get older, like you have now probably a, a single family that you live in, the older you get, the harder that becomes. So it's like one of those lessons that I'm going to make sure that I teach my kids, you know, between the ages of like 18 and 23, you know, buy a house, rent out, you know, some rooms or rent out a multi. But um, so what caused you to, you had the ones that the, the one you were you renting out the rooms, what made you go to like a duplex from the single family? To go from a, to a duplex in Grand Rapids, the market that I'm in, um, just makes sense. Uh, get one roof and, you know, two doors basically. And I could get a higher monthly rent out of a duplex versus a single family, you know, then things have slowly turned in the current market. Single families are now renting for a significant amount more than they were a year and a half ago with all their our rent increases and such. But then it just made sense to, to diversify a little bit into a multifamily. And we ended up getting into, I think, probably did three or four a year for a few years until we kind of slowed down and then we started buying single families as well. So we have a, we have a nice mix of properties in yeah. our portfolio. And, and now we're starting to get into short-term rentals as well. That's kind of been our new, our new focus with over the last uh, year or two has been short-term rentals, uh, nice. Airbnb, VRBO style type properties. So nice. So um, once you started, you know, you bought the first duplex you traded, like at what point did you say like, I'm an investor or I want to be an investor and I want to build up like enough passive income to, to, to live off of. Oh, I, I would say I, I was working, I was working on a company as I was also a realtor. I, I overlapped the two for three years. I, I, I literally sold 40 houses the last year I worked at this company, not a nine to five job. I, my wife finally was like, you can, you can quit. Like you, you, you work enough here. I was, I would show houses on my lunch break. I would go video houses for my investor clients in my lunch break. After work, I'd go be working on a project. And I finally got to points where I'm just going to be focused on realtor slash real estate investor. And, it, you know, it only took about three to four years from the beginning to really, really get into it. And it's, I would call myself a real estate professional these days. I, I'm still a realtor. My wife is actually a realtor as well, but I really focus more on our portfolio and our investments than than being a realtor these days. I still help mostly investors. That's that's pretty much the core of my of my clients as investors these days. It's I prefer to work with them. It's nice to have one client that buys multiple houses per year versus working hard for one client that moves every seven to ten years. So well you made an interesting statement. You said you're not really you know doing much as an agent. And then about two minutes before that you said you sold 40 houses while you were working full time. You may not know this. Do you know how many houses the average agent sells? Was it 12 to 18 or something a year? No, no. It's like four to six. And oh, that, four, okay. It's crazy. So, so my, my question to you, and are you still doing a good amount of volume, like over 20 a year at this point? Yeah. Yeah. My wife and I do roughly 80 houses oh, a year, wow. six, six, 60 to 80, depending on, and it's just, there's the two of us. And then we have one, one person under our team. And then my, actually my younger brother's joining our team as well here in the next month. So. I'm yeah. going to start giving him some leads. So, yeah. This is about the most humble, like top producing team that I've, uh, I've come across. So uh, it's crazy because like you see, like I scroll down my newsfeed and you get people that are selling like six houses a year saying that they're the number one agent in the town. So to be doing 80 between two people and maybe somebody else, and maybe you're going to add somebody else is phenomenal. 
and and it sounds like you're not even necessarily a thousand percent focused on being an agent. So for the people that are agents that are sitting there, you know, they're they're having a tough time selling 10 or 15 houses. What would you say to them? Like, what what is your secret to success on doing so much darn volume without like really putting a lot of effort into it? I would suggest that really it's, I mean, pounding the pavement, really getting out there, talking to people uh, on the phone, um, just networking, uh, really just um, hustle, hustle, hustle is kind of what I always say. My wife and I, we work probably from 8 a.m. till honestly, I think last week she was negotiating a deal at 1130 at night. We were, yeah. had a hot deal going. I mean, we just, we're always working. We're always working. Our friends know that we're always working yeah. and we always work hard. Um, we're finally starting to get old enough with kids that we're slowing down and bringing people on our team to help take over. But really it's, um, we don't spend any money on marketing either. We only finally got a website three years ago. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't, it's not about marketing. You have to go to Zillow and spend a bunch of money, you know, getting leads and whatever and whatnot. Our leads are all 100% organic, referral-based, and we, we do a really good job for our clients. And that one, we do a really good job for one client. I've had, has led to, oh, I, oh, can you sell my mother's house now? And then the mom's like, oh, I want you to help me sell my friend's house. And then that, it just branches out. And one good transaction could lead to 20 over the next two to three years. That's really how we've grown from, you know, to where we are today, so... Well, you know, one thing that you see, so you said kind of, you're not really that focused on it. And I, I believe that, but then at the same time, the hours you're working, you may still be putting in 30 or 40 as an agent, right? No. Oh, yeah. I, I still, am very focused on, it. I had a call right before here. I, I still, I still like being an agent, but yeah, we, I've done more, I've been doing more flips and rehabs for our rental properties and our short-term stuff in the last 12 months than than realtor stuff. I would say my time is starting to go back towards that, but I'm still always be a realtor. I enjoy it. So. Yeah. And you're like the perfect case study. So you've had success kind of in, in both, right? Um, What is making you say right now? Okay. Yeah. I I sell a lot of homes. I'm sure that if you put time, effort, and energy, you could do more than 80, right? If that's what you were focused on and you said, I'm going to give up the investing, but you're sitting here saying that the energy I'm going to put in and what I'm focused on is the investing. And this is one thing I always try to you know, tell agents, say, I'm curious what your perspective on it is. But if you can make so much money as an agent, why are you shifting your focus towards investing? Because the passive income from the investing is now outpaced the realtor income. So you get to a point where you don't need the realtor income anymore to grow your portfolio. We're growing it with our own money and powering our own flips. Like we don't borrow money from anybody for any of our own projects. I do have a couple of partners on a couple of things that's just new recently, but really we just, we're really self-funded in all of our projects. And that's, that's just kind of like, I don't know, that's just kind of what my focus has been here. That's just kind of how it's turned out to be the last six to 12 months. So. So how long did it, like how many years did it take you to build up a portfolio that was big enough so that that portfolio income exceeded the realtor income? Seven years. I actually saw a picture of my wife and I in front of the first rental that we ever bought together, which is literally a quarter mile down the street from my own house. I drive by it every day. Seven years ago, we had a picture and that was our first one together. So from seven years, we went from uh, basically, we'll call it that one unit because we ended up, we sold our other properties before that to 20, 
four or five units right now, I think is what it is. So that's our current portfolio. And we yep. do five to 10 flips a year. So, yeah. So like, um, you know, another thing that, that, you know, is, is inherent in that is like, this stuff doesn't happen overnight. So seven years, it's not that long. I mean, I'm going to be 40 in July. So seven years start every seven years is going by faster now, but um, it's still a good amount of time. And I think one thing that sometimes people think is like people like you have, they have this instant kind of success where it's like, okay, I want to earn enough passive income to, to pay all my bills and all that good stuff. When it took seven years and, and my, my assumption, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, was there was a lot of hard work during those seven years, right? Yes. A lot of hard work, a lot of sacrifices that we made, you know, a lot of vacations that we didn't go on with friends because we chose to stay and work on our properties. But, but now we can hang out at home with our kids on a Tuesday afternoon, work in our garden, you know, another, everybody else is at work nine to five at an office, not liking it. So that's kind of my wife and I chose that we were going to work hard, you know, through these first, these, these first 10, 15 years, and then be able to relax later down the road. But now to a point where it's not really a job anymore. I, I kind of really like working in real estate in general. So it's, it's kind of fun. And it's my passion. So. Yeah. So when I, when I first started, um, I didn't know anything. I wanted to become a millionaire. I wanted to become financially successful. Um, I, I went to this, um, like a monthly, uh, RIA meeting and the guy who, who teaches it, who still teaches it now, like almost 20 years later, um, he said something that has literally stuck with me to this day. And what he said is exactly what you just said. He said, work 10 years, like nobody else is willing to, to live the rest of your life, like nobody else can. And that's pretty much in a nutshell. I mean, you, you said seven years, but um, there were some years before that, right? That were tacked on that you were, you were kind of still in real estate. So in that window of 10 years to, to get from point A to point B. Yeah. Roughly, roughly 10 years. Uh, the first, the first property I had, I owned it for four years and it was just the only rental I had for the first three or four years. And yeah. then it went one to two. And then the next year it was two to five and then five to 10 and then five to 15. And then it, and then it, it slowed down. I would say we haven't acquired as many in the last, the last couple of years we've been trading. We've been doing a lot more like 1031 exchanges, trading one property and buying two or things like that. Mm-hmm. That's so we've been kind of trading up and, not really gaining units, but, but getting higher cash flowing units. Yeah. That's kind of what we've been doing trading. I don't, we don't need any more units. We just really just get the cash flow increase that way. So, yeah. And, and I love this because it's really so simple. And a lot of times, like when I talk to people about, you know, buying multifamily or building up a passive income portfolio or becoming financially free, they think you need like a thousand units. And when I asked you the question, I had no idea what the response was going to be, but under 30 units, having more income coming in from that that business than from your agent business, and you're selling a lot of houses. So that's phenomenal. And for most people, that's the goal, right? So if you're an agent, you know, you got into this because you love real estate, but you are working all hours of the day. You know, like you said, you got offers going in at 1130 or you're working every Sunday, open houses. And for a lot of agents, they don't have any sort of like retirement plan. It's just like work until I can't work anymore. And the thing about like the the number of units that you have, that is just something, you know, for everybody to think about is like, where are those ranks going to go over the next 10 years? And then where's your, your mortgage going to go over the next 10 years? 
So rents are only going to increase. So whatever, whatever you have now coming in for passive income is going to increase. And then you're making little tweaks along the way by just trading houses. Okay. I, I sell this one. I buy this one. I'm going to get a couple hundred or whatever amount more per month. Um, so how old are your kids? Two and three. Two and three. Okay. So they need a lot of attention. You're, you and your wife are both in real estate, right? You guys are, are around, able to kind of, you know, be with them and all that good stuff. So you've already kind of achieved like the step one of the financial freedom part. So where are, your, where are you and your wife's head at right now? Like there's got to be some plan to say, hey, this is where we want to be in like five or 10 years. Or have you gotten to the point where you're like, okay, we just want to make like minor tweaks because we're, we're happy. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think, um, I don't think the plan is to ever get out of real estate and just do nothing, but we, I mean, we're happy where we are now, but we, we, we like to change the, the path. Like we started with multifamilies and then we mixed in single families. Now we're getting in, like I said, the short-term rental game. We actually really enjoy uh, managing our short-term rentals and our guests. They're always so happy with staying at the lake houses that we left with a bit of rent. And it, I, I think it's just more of a, a change of path that we're going down versus what we had been doing. We'll continue being realtors. My, 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 she still likes to focus on uh, like our retail clients. And I, like I, said, I work with mostly the investors and we, we kind of enjoy, we kind of just enjoy doing it. It's fun. It lets us have a flexible, flexible schedule and, what you know we we both work from home we don't have an office we, I, it's in my, my home office which i'm actually rarely in i usually just work from my phone and my laptop and my kitchen dining room table but i don't tell my clients that but uh that's usually how i uh how we operate and that's kind of our our plan is the is the kids going to school maybe we'll uh we'll focus on a few other things but i don't know we, we haven't really talked too far out into the future we're kind of just at ages three and two we're kind of in survival mode here at home. yeah yeah so <laughs> that's kind of where we are now, but, um, but it's still fun. We, we very much enjoy it. So now trust me, I know that I have a nine-year-old daughter, a five-year-old son, a four-year-old son, and a two-year-old son. Okay. So, All right. we're, got me we're, beat, so we're kind of just getting out of it. We got the top, the, the, the oldest three in school now. So, um, so you talked about a shift towards the short, short-term rentals and really enjoying it. And I think one big decision for anybody that's investing in real estate, because people, you know, thinking in their head, okay, I'm investing in real estate, but what asset class are you going to be in? What location are you going to be in? Are you going to be doing like, you're going to buy, be buying condos? Are you going to be buying apartment buildings? Are you going to be doing vacations? What made you decide to give the vacation thing a shot? And then what do you view as the, the pros to it that you like enough to say, like, I want to do more of this? So I'm a, I'll start the answer with a kind of a long-winded story. Uh, it's, it really started with, I bought a house for $26,000 and I was driving for dollars, drove by this house several times, found the owner, contacted them, made them an offer, closed on it, bought it, rehabbed it, sold it. And I 1031 exchanged it to another property, did that a year later. And then I found this, this I actually got a lead from an attorney. I, I get, I get leads from random places cause I refuse to spend money on marketing. <laughs> this attorney said, Hey, Hey, this couple's getting divorced. I know this attorney very well. He's like, they need to sell their house. So it was on this lake, south of Grand Rapids a little bit. It's a very big, popular lake. Uh, and I went there, met with them. Houses and it needed a lot of work. It probably would never have qualified for a traditional financing. So it was going to be more of a cash-only type deal. And made them an offer. And, you know, but, hey, honey, we bought a lake house. 
So uh, yeah. it kind of turned into the first year. We, we rented it a couple of weeks and it was like, okay, this isn't too bad. And then the next year we really hit it hard and the income blew us away. It was triple what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And, and really it was just like, okay, this is, it's, it's not passive at all. I mean, you can be passive, but it's really, it's, it's more active. It's, it's 15 minutes from our house. I really, I mean, it gives me a good excuse to go to the lake and take the boat out, to be honest. But uh, now it, the income is so great from it that we really are focused on it. So we've bought two other ones since, and that's kind of what we're, and we're looking at another one on the same lake. And then also looking at other, starting to look at other states as well for this because it's it's kind of become the new I've noticed it's becoming the new the new hot thing to go into and I've I've as a realtor I've actually been selling quite a few more yeah. of these properties and we actually just sold I did a flip that was purposely it was on the same lake I remodeled the house exactly how my other ones remodeled because we had great success with it and I saw we saw it turnkey literally mm-hmm. dishes in the cabinets everything sheets on the beds it was ready to go so the guy bought it he just hit the ground running and it worked out for us um it was a better flip for us than holding as a rental but yeah that's kind of been our new our new uh path on that so it's 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 working out we really like it so Hey everyone, this is Tom Caffarella. I want to quickly interrupt the podcast to number one, thank all of my loyal listeners of the Agent Investor Podcast and tell you guys really quickly about an exciting event we have coming up. Uh, It's a two-day event. It's called the Passive Income Real Estate Investor Event um, that you can find out more details at PassiveIncomeEvent.com. We're going to be doing a two-day training session teaching all of the agents and all of the investors at the event on how to achieve financial freedom through real estate. If you're like me and your goal is to not work 80, 100 hours a week grinding, selling real estate, flipping homes, um, definitely check out this event. We're going to teach you how to build a passive income portfolio so that you can retire, so that you can work when you want, how you want, and ultimately achieve financial freedom. So again, go to PassiveIncomeEvent.com for more details. And we look forward to seeing you at the upcoming event. So one thing, um, I mean, I want to interject with just some of my experience with, with you know, in, uh, passive income. You know, like when I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I, I bet you've read that book too, right? At some point. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's, yep. So you, you read this book and... You know, you get an idea that you want to, you know, buy assets, real estate being one of the assets, and then you find, you know, great management for it. And then you kind of like close your eyes and, and kind of get mailbox money. And and one thing that you said was related to the fact that like the vacation rentals aren't that passive. Um, but one thing that I think is kind of important, especially for people just starting out, is like getting truly passive income, completely passive. It is tough unless you're investing in somebody else's deal or like somebody else's company, like the stock market. So I'm sure with other rentals that you've had, even though they, you know, people paying you, you know, monthly versus, you know, weekly, you still deal with problems. And even if you have a property manager, you're managing that person and things go wrong and you're the owner. So that, you know, they have to go to you. The reason I just, I say that is because like, um, I just want to make sure that people, if they, they thought the same thing I did, because I really, truly thought this, you buy a multi, you find the perfect manager, and then you just like get money in your mailbox every day. It's a little bit harder than that. 
So um, for the vacation rental type of stuff, it's probably just a little bit more than, than what an average rental would be. But the average rental still typically isn't completely passive until you get to a certain point. Yeah, yes, exactly. The The average rental is definitely still work. I, I get emails from our property management company every day about problems and then there's turnover and then you have to deal with, are you going to hire them or am I going to hire my own people to take care of it? And then the short-term rentals as well. well. Once you build a great team on the short-term stuff, you have a cleaning person that's really good and knows what they're doing. You have like a handyman that can help take care of things. That that really helps. That takes it. That takes a lot of the stress off and allows allows us to grow and continue getting more. So I mean, I would say building that great team is probably more important than anything else because without without the having literally the having a clean person, I, I couldn't handle it. We, we couldn't do it. So it's too much work at all. So, but that's and then the same thing with the month to month. A good property manager uh, will will help the month to month ones, but it's definitely not truly passive. There's always work involved. I mean, a lot of my clients. I've never even met that they're all from West coast, East coast, and they invest in my market because it's a, it's very affordable to invest in. And I try to make it as passive for them as possible. And it it must work out because they keep coming back and buying more. But yeah, yeah, even, even, even for the ones that live in, you know, far away, that have never seen a property that they've bought for me. They, you know, it's still work for them because they'll still reach out to me and ask me questions that the property manager is asking them. So it's, yeah, it's never going to be truly, truly passive, but we can try to make it as passive as possible and, you know, go from there. So. So one thing, another thing that I think is important, we've, we've got listeners, you know, in all different parts of the country. And I think every market's different and every market has like its pros and cons. So I'm in, I'm in Boston, which is a market that's kind of tough to cash flow in, you know, East coast, West coast, you're talking about it, big prices, harder to cash flow, all that good stuff. If we flip a house, we'll make eighty, a hundred thousand dollars. Where some of your prices might be eighty, a hundred thousand dollars, maybe not anymore. But um, so every market kind of has these like pros and cons to them. And so what I want to highlight there is just that you took advantage of something that your market has, which is lower price cash flow inventory. What percentage of your clients are from out of state? Probably seventy-five plus percent. Excellent. I try to I try to honestly work with mostly out-of-state investors. Yeah, so. that's that's phenomenal. And again, so like anytime that, that somebody says, "Hey, you know, I sell eighty houses a year, forty yourself, and forty with your wife," like you know, there's always something that they're doing that's smart. That's that's what I typically find, right? Because you can you can grind, and it could be hard for you to sell eight houses, and we can watch what you do every day. And, you're really putting in time, effort, and energy. But what, what Jake did is he did something really smart, which he, he knew he's got this thing in his market that's going to attract and be really good for people at both coasts, basically expensive areas. Like what's the average purchase price that you're putting somebody in? Uh, today in this current market, 250 for a multi, for a mid-level multifamily up to 350 range. So we'll say 250. And on a 250 property, what's the ranks? Right around one percent, so twenty four yeah. to twenty seven hundred range. So yeah, so so again, I want to highlight that point, right? If you call the one percent rule, so real easy shortcut. It's like the easiest shortcut you can ever do. Does there's, there's a property cash flow? You take the price, multiply it by one percent. The ranks have to at least be that high, and so 
his market still has that 1% rule. Our markets get like the half a percent rule. So Boston, California, like all these places, it's tough to do it. So you have this like niche um, where people in on the coast have a ton of equity, they make more money and they can invest. So my question then is, you have this thing, you know, you have it, you're helping other people do it. How are they finding you? Uh, so when I first started, uh, bigger pockets would yep. be where I would post a lot of blog posts on there and, re- and reply to people. And then, then I haven't really been active on there in a few years, but uh, I, I still get emails weekly from my old posts, just little old blog posts, old just responses. And that's, that's how I started. And then, uh, referrals, I would help. I literally have one, one gal in New York and she, she had such great success with the properties I was selling her that she's referred me to five of her friends. Yeah. That's just, that's just that side. And the other side is the same thing. That's it's referral after referral after you help. And then I have a quite a large buyers list now. So when I come across an off market property, I can email it to three people and it's sold. I don't even have to worry about listing it because not multifamily properties are not really the easiest thing to list and sell if there's tenants in it. Sometimes it's easier just to sell it off market if yeah. the seller is okay with that. So that's, that's really how we do it now. It's we've had such a strong buyers list and um, that's how most people find me. And also listings, just listings. I, I've heard of saying once that listing agents last or something like that. And yeah, it's yeah. true because li- listings lead to more listings as well. They lead to buyers all day, but buyers are not hard to come by, but it's the listings that, if you can get listings, that'll keep you going in the long run. And then I'll have people just reach out to me and say, hey, I see you have this unique listing. You know, and they'll, they'll want to come either directly buy it from me or that conversation will get started and they might end up buying another property through me down the road. So yeah. that's that's really how it is. It just kind of just build a network and just chat with people, kind of leave them. I, I, I have explained Grand Rapids, the market and the city to so many people just explaining, hey, this is what the market's like. Because, hey, if I'm going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars there, I I want to make sure it's not then you know it's not a, it's it's a good city to invest in and it, it really has been it's, it's turned out to be a, a great place for most of my clients they they're really really happy I would say of all the properties I've sold uh, less than two percent I have resold for those clients because they weren't happy with it yeah so they, they I really don't maybe it's a bad thing for me down the long run but they're they're so happy with the properties they don't want to they don't want to resell them so yeah so, so it's working out for them so yeah and I think like again like you know you're saying it very casually, nonchalant, like you didn't really do anything, but you built a funnel, right? Without maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe you did put a lot of effort into it and, and you're not letting on to it, or maybe it was just small, right? But no matter what, right, you found an audience. Bigger Pockets is one of the biggest platforms for investors. Obviously, when you're doing anything, you need to be in front of as many people as you can. Bigger Pockets has a pretty big audience, but there's other places that have, have other big, you know, uh, audiences, Facebook groups and, and the like. And um, he provided value. That's another thing that as an agent, like I always want to be thinking about, like, how can I provide value to somebody that they can't just get from somebody else, right? So you became an expert in that market. You helped to solve an economic problem, which is, hey, the person in Los Angeles just read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. They just looked at 10 houses and they're, they're going to lose $1,000 a month on any of them, right? So you solve that problem. You help people get in at a low, low barrier to entry, the cash flows on day one, you're the boots on the ground, you obviously earn their trust, and now they're repeating, right? So it's a, it's a funnel. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great funnel. And again, 
you know, at this point you're getting referrals and you're not even trying to push that part of your business anymore. So you almost have like passive income. I know that's not ever going to, no agent income is ever passive, but that's almost like a little passive funnel because you're not really super lead generating. You set up something, it's producing, it's like a little passive kind of thing. Then you've got your passive income on top of it. And um, no, it's just awesome. And then the short-term rentals. Um, so let me ask you, um, I know I'm switching gears completely, but on the short-term rentals, because I, I've never done one. So I own apartments, I own multifamilies, I flip a ton of houses, I got a big brokerage. I've done a lot of cool things in real estate, but never owned a short-term rental. The thing that makes me the most nervous about short-term rentals, and I'm curious about your position on this, is the regulations. My concern is that I invest in a bunch of these, and then a town or a city or a state says, hey, you know, because you're not registered as a hotel or the, the hotel industry or somebody lobbies and all of a sudden it gets shut down. So what would you say to somebody that's like has the same concern that I have? Well, first thing is do your research before you buy. I mean, that's yeah. that's the that's like rule number one. You do your due diligence. Uh, for example, the township that the properties uh, we own are located in, it's a it's a $100 per year application fee. And basically you, you fill out this form and that's it really for that. I'm not worried about those uh, townships um, changing. There are some that are restrictive, mostly on like the West coast of Michigan, all the, on the coast of Lake Michigan, there's some of those cities will regulate things, but really I would say, uh, I believe Michigan's also, don't quote me. I don't follow this much. They're apparently they're, I'm likely going to pass a law this fall. It says the state can't regulate that at all. No township can regulate it and they'll be allowed everywhere. So Glenwood Grand Rapids, there's a big, um, people talk about it. The city says you can't do it, but people still do it anyways and nobody really enforces it. So it, I mean, it's a risk like anything else, yep. but with the properties that are on a lake, even if for some reason, 10 years on the road, they change things. I still own a property on a lake that is worth more money than I likely paid for it because that's how real estate usually works. So yeah, that's worst case. You have a, I have a, I can always sell a property. Whenever I buy a property, whenever I analyze a property, I look at it. You know, what can I sell it for as is? What can you know? What can I sell for after I rehab it? What does it rent for? You know, I, I have multiple extra strategies whenever I look at a property. I never buy a property just for one purpose. It has yeah. potentially because I bought properties to flip, and then I'm halfway through. I'm like, you know what? We're going to keep them as a rental yeah. because something something happens. Something changes. You don't know what's going to happen. They're going to build a big sh shopping mall or some facility, you know, a block behind me and the rents are going to be quadruple what I planned on. So we're keeping it something like that. So, yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, and I've heard similar things from other people and that part of it makes sense to me because if you're buying an asset on the water or in the, I mean, you're buying yeah, a very vacation property. Yeah. You're buying a really nice house. So even if you can't rent it, it's going to be some of the most in-demand real estate that there is because it's if somebody wants to vacation there then it's nice um so yeah I've, I've heard that one i just uh i haven't taken the leap myself we'll see uh if i get the Plus you're, you're allowed two weeks a year to use your own property so per the tax code i believe so you can uh you can you know take the family there and work on the property for two weeks yep that's i've, I've maybe stayed three nights at our own properties because they're they're so rented I, there's really not a free night to ever stay there but yeah that's uh so but you know if you want to you can that's it's kind of nice to use it's 
it's a, it's just a nice little thing you can do, but I, I would say, try it if you want to, it's worth the risk. So. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really just like an interesting, it's a huge shift. It's a huge change because obviously like, you know, I've got four kids and there's really not too many hotels, even if they've got like big rooms that are really that comfortable, especially for smaller kids and things like that. And you can get entire houses for a lot of times less money. So it's just a really has completely changed, you know, travel. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely curious as to like how this kind of continues on in the next like five to 10 years. Um, but um, to kind of wrap, so obviously we've talked about a lot of different things. What's the, what's the best piece of advice you would give to an agent that has been working with a bunch of clients like you and your wife and knows they should invest? You know, they, they know your story. They know, hey, like eventually someday I can have passive income that exceeds my active income, but they still haven't done it yet. Like what's the biggest piece of advice you would give them? Uh, go buy something as soon as <laughs> possible. Don't wait any longer because I call it analysis paralysis. I have clients that they've been analyzing properties for four years. They've yet to buy one, but they would have bought that property four years ago. It's worth three times and the rent's yeah. gone up three. You know what I mean? It's don't wait. If you think, if you think it's a good deal, it's a good deal. And as a realtor, you, you, you're the first person to see that property. People call you, the house has been on the market for 40 years. You look at it like, and you know, it, you have the, you have the inside scoop on the property. Right. Why not take advantage of that? So that's, I would say, don't wait, jump into it. If you have questions, you know, there's always, there's always uh, people that answer those questions for you if you know who to ask. So I would just say, don't wait, jump into it, get going. That's kind of what we did. And, it's worked out. And it usually, once you get going, it kind of snowballs if you figure it out and it'll just, it'll just kind of figure itself out from there. So. Yeah. That's the, that's the weird thing is like, like everything else in life, right? You never rode a bike before you just get to ride a bike, you get on the bike and all of a sudden, you know, two weeks from now, you're trying to do tricks on your bike. You don't want to just ride it anymore. Cause that's not even fun. And, and that's the same thing, you know, with, with investing, it's like you start off small, maybe you only think I want one property. And then all of a sudden you keep going, but it's that initial, you know, point um, of, you know, getting, getting off the, you know, getting on the horse and, and doing it. And um, the thing about like passive income real estate, that's so much different than like flipping. I do a lot of flipping and I know you talked about flipping, but buy and hold is always going to look good with enough time. Like, even if you bought not the ideal asset or you overpaid a little bit, it's always going to look really good with a, a long-term horizon and really with all of these, you know, in uh, passive income investments, you need to have a fairly long-term horizon anyways. Um, so whether the market's going up, down or sideways. And the other thing that I hear sometimes is like people trying to time the market, but the problem with that is, okay, it's, it's the downturn. How many can you buy? Well, I can only buy one. Okay. Well, by the time you buy one, get it, get it rented out. Now you're done. Right. So like, you got to get the skills to be able to, to acquire, um, be able to raise money or refi and, and do all the, the stuff that you've done. So, but, um, you know, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, are you still taking clients in that area that want to buy? Cause there could be listeners that are on there, like have been looking in markets like mine that have had a, had a tough time. Um, are you still looking for investors to work with? Yes, we are. We're, we're still taking on clients. Um, uh, I, I'm always here to answer questions, more technical stuff, more 
you know, the strategy type questions. But I, like I said, I have a couple of buying agents that are also investors. I've sold them their first duplex a yeah. house hack in. So they're all, they're all, I, I really only would hire somebody that's also an investor. So that way they know what my clients are also going to be looking for. So we're always well, going to be taking on new clients. So yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that it, um, it necessarily has to be you. I think it's more, somebody's listening to the podcast. They're in a, a market like mine. They're having a tough time trying to cash flow, and they hear the numbers you're talking about, and you know you providing them with a safe investment at a low. We we think it's low on the coast, you know, mid two hundreds uh, up to three hundred purchase price. So, um, what's the best way that someone can reach out to somebody on your team if they want to learn more about the Grand Rapids market? Uh, our website, uh, ThomasTeamProperties.com. That'll have my email in there. Um, probably an easier email to reach me at. It's jakethomas26 at gmail.com. That's probably the easiest way to reach out to me. All the team members are on the website. So if you have any questions, I always always love helping other investors. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Yeah. So. No, there's there's been a ton of people that have done what you've done in these various like lower price markets. And I, I just, I'm envious of you because I wish the things I love about my market, I love, but that's one thing I don't love about my market is that like we, we go up and down so quick that when it's good time to buy, it's a great time to buy. When it goes up, it's much harder, but cool. So I, you know, I know you're busy, uh, not only with your business, but with your kids and your wife. So I appreciate you taking the time on, uh, on the show and, um, guys, we'll be back with another episode of the Asian investor podcast next week. Thank you all for tuning in. Thanks again for listening to the Agent Investor Podcast. And especially thank you for sharing the show with other agents and reviewing the show on iTunes. Every time you share the show and leave a review, you are potentially changing someone's life. To get free weekly education, strategies, and to connect with other agent investors across the country, join our free Facebook group at agentinvestor.com. Again, that's agentinvestor.com.